glad that you're here. I was coming up with a lesson I decided to recycle one. This is one I've done before. But our lesson today is going to be on fear. There are a lot of things that have happened in the past. There are a lot of things that are happening now that bring with them great fear. And it's kind of went along with our Bible school lesson because we talked about suffering in the church. And it's been something that's been in conversation over the last couple of weeks in different classes I've participated in. But when we look at fear, there are many things in this world that we are afraid of. And again, a lot of different things that have happened that would cause us to be afraid. I believe that there are occasions in which we do have reason to fear just because of some of the things that have happened. I want to mention a few of those in our introduction this morning. Some of these you may remember, some of these maybe not so much. April 19, 1995, the Alfred P. Murray Federal Building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, was bombed. Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols killed 168 people, injuring 680 others, resulting in the anti-terrorism and effective death penalty of 1996. April 20th, 1999. This is one that they've actually put a movie out about just last year. Columbine High School in Columbine, Colorado. There was a shooting there. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold killed 12 students, one teacher, and then themselves. It was a deliberate act of hatred against those professing Christianity. September 11, 2001, the World Trade Center in New York, New York, the Pentagon in Arlington County, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. They were targeted. 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists hijacked four passenger airline, airliners planning to crash them into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Washington. One of those airliners was averted to crash in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where a memorial has been set up. Resulted in the death of 3,000 and began what we know as the Global War on Terror. April 16, 2007, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. There was a shooting there that resulted in 33 deaths, 23 other injuries. July 20th, 2012, at the Century Movie Theater in Aurora, Colorado, a shooting there resulted in 12 deaths and 70 injuries. December 14th, 2012, Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut. 28 people died. Two were injured. On April 15, 2013, the Boston Marathon in Boston, Massachusetts was bombed with the result of three deaths, 264 
injuries. April 2nd, 2014 at Fort Hood near Killeen, Texas. There's a shooting there that resulted in four deaths and 14 injuries. June 17, 2015, the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina, there was a shooting there that resulted in nine deaths, one injury. Dylan Roof participated in Bible study with his victims before shooting them. There are many other things that have happened that come to mind. Our most recent fears are of ISIS and of the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of hatred going on in both of those things. That's ten examples that I came up with of just certain things that have happened in the last 20 plus years. I can imagine that there will probably be more as time continues. And these are certainly not all of the tragedies. There, again, there are others that you probably would remember that maybe I haven't. But overall, I think we understand that recent years have caused us to lose a certain sense of security in basically anything that we do. Maybe it's in our work, our jobs, or maybe it's in our schools. Maybe it's in our recreation that we have fear of something happening and even just going to watch the movies or going to the mall. There's even fear in some of attending the services of the church because of things that have happened to churches here in recent years. Things that have happened against Christianity and Christians in particular. We as people have lost a security that we once had. Now I remember hearing stories of many years ago, a time that maybe some of you remember more than I do. A time where you didn't have to worry about locking your doors. A time where you didn't have to worry about your kids going to school or you didn't have to worry about attending church services. Didn't have to worry about a lot of things. Didn't have to worry about anybody trying to take your life. But in recent years, things have changed. Now we're afraid to even be in our homes with the doors unlocked. Uh, we're afraid to, to even be outside sometimes. Our sense of security is gone. At least as it once was. And so we fear. We fear our future. We fear the things that we may face, the people that might try to take our life for one reason or another. We fear a lot of things. What is fear? 
There are two meanings that are attributed to the word fear. One of those meanings is extreme reverence or awe as toward a supreme power. This is what we might look at as a good type of fear. Even a godly fear. In Proverbs 1 and verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fearing the Lord is not being afraid of Him necessarily, but being respectful of Him, respectful of His authority, respectful of His power, and any authority that we may have that stands before us. That's the kind of fear that we're talking about. Mostly in particular, the fear of the Lord. But the second meaning that is attributed to the word fear is a feeling of agitation and anxiety caused by the presence or imminence of danger. This is the most common form of fear. The fear of someone or something. That's the fear that I want to address mostly in our lesson today. Is the fear of someone or something. And how to handle that fear as Christians. What causes fear? 8.7% of people and 19.2 million Americans have at least one phobia according to the National Institute of Mental Health. There are different phobias and I want to mention a few of those. Forgive me if I mispronounce some of these names. Acrophobia. Fear of heights. Claustrophobia, the fear of enclosed spaces. Nyctophobia, fear of the dark. Ophidiophobia, the fear of snakes. Arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Trypanophobia, the fear of injections or medical needles. Astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. Nosophobia, fear of disease. Mysophobia, also known as germophobia, the fear of germs. Triskaidekaphobia, the fear of the number 13. Monophobia, the fear of loneliness. Thanatophobia, the fear of death. And there are others as well. The fear of deep water, riding or driving cars, flying, financial problems, public speaking. There's even phobophobia, the fear of phobias. And there are many, many others. Maybe some of these apply to you, maybe they don't. But overall, we understand that there 
are many people that fear many things for one reason or another. Maybe it's a fear that they're trying to conquer. Maybe it's a fear that they've accepted. But a fear nonetheless. Here's what some well-respected people have said about fear. Fear is false education appearing real, according to Dennis Waitley. Fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. A German proverb. And very similar, fear makes man believe the worst. He who fears death cannot enjoy life. A Spanish proverb. Who lives in fear will never be a free man, according to Horace, 65 B.C. Fear is the sand and the machinery of life. E. Stanley Jones. In other words, fear makes our lives difficult to live. And there are certain problems that come along with fear as well. There are certain fears that can cause us to disobey God. Look at fear in teenagers, for instance. Teenagers may have the fear of Failing in school, loneliness, not having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, rejection. That can lead to things such as cheating or giving in to peer pressure or temptation. There are similar fears in adulthood, lying, cheating on the job, committing adultery, unscriptural marriage are all caused by fear of rejection or persecution. And this rejection or persecution has led to denouncing faith in God. You see, the more we fear, the more that we are afraid, the easier it is for us to be led astray, spiritually speaking. We have many things that may cause us to be afraid. I want to spend the rest of our lesson on what the Bible says about fear. Do we as Christians have reason to be afraid? In some cases maybe. In others maybe not. But let's look at what the Bible says about fear. When we look at ourselves as Christians, we understand that Scripture gives encouragement to the righteous in regard to a few different things. We have encouragement given in Scripture regarding life's mystery. There are many things that we do not know. There are many things in our lives that we do not understand. And some people fear that mystery in and of itself. They fear what could be or what may not be. They fear what could happen to them. We don't know what the day may bring. And we usually have plans after services. Several of us will usually go out to eat together. And 
we plan on going to our homes for a little while. And at six, 6 o'clock, I hope that we plan to be back here to worship God once again and to study together. Well, we have all of these plans, but there's still a great mystery as to whether these things will be so. Uh, take Friday, for instance. You know, we plan to go to work. Marissa and I, I, I usually go with her on my days off from sports comm in the mornings. And so I went to the school with her that morning. And we had the plan of continuing the day. You look at the roads, they're all clear. And all of a sudden, we get there about 6.30. And it's like she said, you know, we just kind of took a picture of it to see the result. But an hour later, the parking lot was white and slick and it was hard to get out. All within an hour. It just happened. The weather happened. They'd actually asked me to clock in about 7 o'clock because teachers started calling out. And about 20 minutes later, they decided to call off school. But I got $2 from it. That was pretty cool. But we had the plan of, of staying the day. We had the plan of continuing like normal. And all of a sudden, an hour later, our plans were changed. We didn't know what was happening. Look at the flight that Metro's school system in Nashville has taken because they didn't cancel school earlier. And they based their plans upon what they thought would happen, but it didn't happen. So even in making our plans, there's great mystery in life. And some people fear what will come because we realize that these things are mystery to us, only known to God. I want you to look at what is said in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Here we read what we refer to as the Great Commission given to the apostles and likewise given to us as Christians. But it says in Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And notice what it says at the end of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, in verse 20. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus gave them this commission to go into the world, to teach the gospel to every creature. And even in doing so, he knew what was in their hearts. He knew the feeling of mystery about them. He knew the fear that might come upon them. And it might come upon us as Christians. And he said, in light of that fear, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're told in Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6. 
Hebrews 13 beginning with verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. We have these words of comfort in regard to life's mystery. What is ahead? The things that we don't know that we may face or that we might not face. Just not knowing is reason for fear. Maybe there's a phobia for that as well. But Jesus said, remember that I am with you. He himself has said, Hebrews 13, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have reason as Christians to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. As we talked about in our Bible class. Now what can man do but destroy the physical body? But even so the soul lives on and so we as Christians have no reason to fear. Death. Many fear the mystery of death. Paul had these words to say in Philippians chapter 1. In verses 21 through 24, it says, For to me, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know which would be the best thing for him as a Christian. You see, there's no mystery in what would happen at death. He knew that as a Christian that he would receive a reward. He knew that he would spend eternity with God. And because of that, he had no fear of dying as so many people do because he knew what his eternal destiny would be. But he he was hard-pressed because he didn't know if it would be better to go and be with Christ. It would be better for him. Or would it be better to stay on earth longer? To reach out to more souls which would be better for other people. But Paul had no fear whatsoever of death. He had no fear of eternity. Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15. Hebrews 2 verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death 
were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Through the death of Christ, the power of death was destroyed. The power of Satan over Christians and Christianity was destroyed. And those who once feared death and feared what would happen to them, those who were subject to bondage of fear of death were released from their captivity. Matthew 10 and verse 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. That was the verse I was looking for earlier. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't fear what people can do to your physical life. There are many people that stand for their faith and are killed because of what they stand for. But don't fear what people can do to this physical temple. Because that's exactly what it is. It's the physical body. And it will pass away one day. But what can they do to your soul? Never let anyone have control of your soul. Some fear the mystery of life. Some fear the mystery of death. Some fear more so the hereafter. What happens after death? Jesus said in John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 Let not your heart be troubled. He already perceived that his audience, the people that he was talking to, his disciples, they had this fear. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Not your heart be troubled. You see, among us as Christians, fear, not godly fear, but being afraid, it reveals something within us that should not be. Because as Christians, if we fear these things, if we fear life's mystery, if we fear death, or if we even fear what comes after death, or anything else, if we fear those things, it reveals within us a lack of faith. 
Faith is so important to Christianity. Think of the disciples who were fear, fearful of the storm in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. But they didn't know what was going to happen to them, and so they were afraid. Jesus had to ask them, where is your faith? Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 33, we see that Peter had the desire, seeing the Lord walking to them on water, he wanted to do the same. And so Jesus said, come, and he stepped out of the boat, and he started to walk on the water, but something happened. Because Peter started to sink. What happened to him? Fear. He feared the storm around him. And because he feared it, Jesus asked them, he said, Oh, you of little faith, where is your faith? You see, when we fear, when we are afraid of things that may come upon us, it shows that we have a lack of trust in God. But we're trusting more in ourselves to solve our problems than we're trusting God to solve them for us. These Christians have no reason to fear God will take care of us. He has promised His presence would be with us at all times. In all occasions, in anything that we do, God is with us. Because God is with us, we have no reason to fear. But that fear reveals within us a lack of trust, a lack of faith. In a sense, fear can overcome fear. And you may wonder what I'm talking about. We're going back to our two definitions. You see, fear of God, respect of His power and His authority, fear of God overcomes fear of the world. Fearing God in the way that we should overcomes being afraid of the things that might come upon us. The things that might happen to us. The things that we cannot control. Fear overcomes fear. Oswald Chambers once said, The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas, if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. If we fear God, if we respect Him, we have nothing else to fear. But if we do not fear Him in the way that we should, and we do have reason as human beings to be afraid of everything around us, The book of Proverbs tells us 
many things about the fear of the Lord. According to Proverbs, the fear of the Lord leads to knowledge. Chapter 1 and verse 7. Fear of the Lord will cause one to hate evil. Chapter 8 and verse 13. Fear of the Lord will prolong life. According to chapter 10 and verse 27. Fear of the Lord gives confidence and is a fountain of life. According to chapter 14 verses 26 and 27. It will cause us to depart from evil, chapter 16 and verse 6. It leads to a satisfying life, sparing from much evil, chapter 19 and verse 23. And fear of the Lord is the way to riches, honor, and life, according to Proverbs 22 and verse 4. Fear overcomes fear. As Christians, we have no reason to fear any of the things that may befall us in this life. However, those who are not Christians do have reason to fear. Going back to our two definitions, which fear describes you best? Which fear describes you most? Are you afraid of the world? Are you afraid of the things that may happen to you? Are you afraid of what may happen to your soul? Or do you have godly fear? Are you a Christian? Have you been saved? Have you done those things that we are taught in Scripture that we need to do to become Christian? Have you been obedient to the plan of salvation? By faith, confessing faith, repenting, turning away from the way we have once lived, and being baptized for the remission of our sins. Do you live a faithful life? Or are you lost? Are you wandering in the darkness of the world? Living but not truly living. Is your soul in jeopardy? Are you afraid? If you're afraid today, it means your heart is not right with God. If you have any doubt whatsoever about your Christianity, we always offer the invitation. And we desire anyone that is outside of Christ to come. I realize that that may be an uncomfortable position for many. And if that's the case, then... Maybe it's something we can take care of outside of services. But if you're not a Christian, if you're not a child of God, if you're afraid, we're going to give you the opportunity to come. If you are a Christian, maybe you've not lived a faithful life, maybe you've done those things that you need to do to be obedient, but you've not continued in faithful living.
and you need to come back to God, then we give you that opportunity as well. Whatever your need is, if you're outside of Christ today, for whatever reason, we give you the opportunity to come as together we stand and as we sing.